This is an RNZ podcast. Adding their failure to build houses, make inroads into child poverty, and no wonder they pray day and night for COVID to continue. Well, they don't actually, but what a distraction it's been, and it's worked for Ardern. Collins is a dead woman walking. That was Duncan Garner kicking off his AM show on three for the week by calling time on Judith Collins' hold on the National Party leadership. But dead leader walking has become a fairly familiar refrain for Judith Collins and her National Party predecessors, especially from Duncan Garner and his colleagues at NewsHub. He's lost the respect of the country and his MPs. Politically, Simon Bridges is a dead man walking. Political editor Tover O'Brien back in May last year, soon before Simon Bridges was actually rolled. But she'd been saying that the vultures were circling him and deploying other cliches of political death since the end of 2018. But how come this week Duncan Garner was now so certain that Judith Collins' end was nigh? Well, the former TV3 political reporter pointed to a recent Roy Morgan poll, which had party support at just 23%. Former leader Simon Bridges' coyness when asked about his leader. No, I'm saying it's, it's, it's all just chatter. Uh, as Judith said, it's all just rumour and speculation. And I support Judith Collins at this time. And then there was this. Already former act leader Richard Preble has said Collins should go as she can't win. That hurt. Richard Preble had declared Judith Collins a dead leader walking as well in the New Zealand Herald the previous week, and readers of regional papers like Hawke's Bay Today, Whanganui Chronicle and the Rotorua Daily Post read the same column as well. Yet Richard Preble's own political life expired a pretty long time ago. It's more than 15 years since he walked the corridors of power for two different political parties, neither of which, incidentally, was the National Party. Richard Preble's column even suggested that ACT could replace National in opposition, which is a pretty fringe idea, although Duncan Garner wasn't the only one taking that seriously this past week. Former ACT Party leader Richard Preble. Now he's written a piece saying that National are in serious trouble and that they need to change their leader, and that if they don't change their leader, there is a small chance they may no longer be the largest opposition party. News Talk ZB also picked up on Richard Preble's reckons last weekend, but what was it all based on? Well, something that Richard Preble had picked up, in fact, from NewsHub's Tova O'Brien back in late March. Both Collins and her deputy Shane Vetti wanted the party to oppose the government's decision to make Ashley Bloomfield responsible for fluoride in water, believing that centralisation to be overreach. But their MPs disagreed and voted them down in a caucus meeting. But that fluoride revolt in caucus was hotly denied by Judith Collins herself and the Herald ended up printing a clarification the next day that the proposal had in fact come from Judith Collins' deputy, Dr Shane Retty, and not from her. But that made no difference to Duncan Garner on the AM show last Monday. The dump the leader narrative has really taken hold. It was symbolic that her MPs didn't support her stance on fluoride, although she denies it even happened. Now, there were other dots the political pundits were joining too, such as the assumption that new MP Christopher Luxon really wants Judith Collins' job. Does he have what it takes was the headline on another opinion piece on RNZ's website last weekend, and the same piece then appeared on the Herald's website and News Hub's one as well. The author was the frequently seen and heard media pundit Dr Bryce Edwards, who's now a political analyst in residence at Victoria University of Wellington. But this piece was mostly media analysis, all sourced from what he called increased talk in the media. Exhibit A was a piece published the previous Thursday in the Herald headlined Is a Bridges Luxon Leadership Ticket on the Cards? And in this one, political reporter Claire Trevett's scenario resurrected a previous dead man walking, Simon Bridges. 
One option that is now being discussed in National is to reinstate Bridges as leader with Luxon as his deputy and finance spokesman. This plan is still in its infancy. But whose plan and who in National is actually discussing it? Claire Trivet didn't say, but she did say there was... An increasing acknowledgement among many National MPs, especially the more conservative MPs, that Luxon is seen as their best shot by the party supporters. But which MPs? Which supporters? Were they veterans or backbench MPs, party members or officials of senior standing and influence? Again, no clues. Presumably that's to protect the sources, as journalists are obliged to do if the source requires it. But there was nothing in that opinion piece to sway a sceptical reader into believing that this was real enough to really be a rolling in the making. However, that didn't stop talk radio over the weekend discussing the demise of Judith Collins at length even more. Francesca Rudkin on News Talk ZB's Sunday Cafe panel last Sunday kicked it off like this. Do you think it's just a coincidence that this week there have been several uh, reporters and commentators writing writing stories, you know, three of these in one week, or do you think that there might actually be something brewing behind the scenes? Now, all of those opinion pieces were clearly not coincidental, given that many of them referenced the claims of others or were indeed even the basis of them. And in answer to that question, ZB reporter Francis Cook had some sympathy for politicians on the receiving end. And I know it's a reality of politics, but it's a little grim watching them become a dead man walking. There's that phrase again, and grim it is. But Francis Cook went on to lift the lid on why so many of these apparently flimsily sourced stories were appearing in the first place. Political journalists start to publish these for a reason. They're usually based on something, even if that something isn't concrete enough to publish an actual news article. It's still enough usually to publish an opinion piece. They're talking to politicians all the time. They know who in the party is getting itchy feet. They know if there are plans starting to be plotted out, even if they're not being carried out yet. So the fact that we now have several open headlines about who's next, That tells me the journalists in the Beehive are hearing pretty strong grumbles. So strong enough rumours then for dramatically headlined opinion pieces, but as we heard, not enough for real news. But Francis Cook went on to say that, in the right circumstances, these pieces can actually end up helping to create a legit story. The second thing is that also these pieces are a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once people are openly talking about your replacement, you are covered in the stench of failure. And that is just death in politics. There are lots of things that you can recover from. But being seen as a failure that's barely hanging in there, that is not something that in my time I've seen people recover from. Most people don't. It's usually at this point just a matter of time. Francis Cook called it the stench of failure and hinted that journalistic groupthink can create that for politicians. But later that day, on the same network, the Weekend Collective's Politics Hour had yet more on all this and more from Richard Preble. Question, so if you're a strategist then for either Bridges or Luxon, uh, do you wait until the next election is lost? You say they're not going to win the next election, so you wait until then and then you start afresh or do you have the the confidence that somehow you could turn it around? If you're a real politician, you're prepared to take over as captain of the Titanic after you've hit the ice and you say to everybody, look, we've just paused to take on ice. The following morning, the supposedly under pressure National Party leader fronted up to Mike Hosking on News Talk ZB, who asked her this. So is this media, Bridges and Luxon, is this purely media or is there something in it? I think what you see is that the... um the media starts one 
part of the week saying this is the combo, then the, by the end of the week they say, oh, no, it's probably not the combo. I just think it's silly. And I look, we've got really important things to talk about. Uh, we've got vaccinations. We've got the fact that, uh, as you know, the horticultural area has been left mm. without any help from the government. And that's a good point. Citizens listening in would probably have wanted to hear more about those issues than an as yet entirely hypothetical leadership challenge. But Mike Hosking's response took Judith Collins right back to that. I noted Peter Dunn said over the weekend, I thought it was surprising, he says he doesn't see the point of a leadership challenge or a change because he doesn't give you a chance in 2023. It's a long way off to write you off, isn't it? Well, I think I've been written off uh, many times in the last uh, 19 years. Peter Dunn, another long-time MP turned media pundit, did say that in yet another weekend talk radio interview all about Judith Collins' leadership. And NewsHub put that on the web under the headline, I don't see the point, pundits dismiss National Party leadership talk. And that could well be the reaction of the viewing and listening public too at this point after six days of media speculation and Judith Collins facing questions like this in the corridors of Parliament. How are you dealing with those whispers? Um, ignoring them because I know they're false. But wasn't it whispers that got Tom Muller into the job and therefore you? Uh, no, I think we'll, uh, we've moved way past that. But and what we're talking about now is the fact that New Zealanders <laughs> expect us to be focused on things that matter to them. Yet with those supposedly job-deciding whispers reaching a crescendo, political reporters seemed remarkably no closer, even after six days, to revealing the actual source of them to the audience, and that's really the only important part of the story. But on the seventh day, last Wednesday, there were more pointless questions. Jenny Mae Clarkson seemed embarrassed on TVNZ's breakfast show and ended up asking a completely different question of Judith Collins. I do want to talk to you about the leadership, Miss Collins, and it's not a space I enjoy uh, going into, um, but I do think it's important to acknowledge, given the chatter and reporting around, about a possible leadership uh, takeover involving Christopher Luxon and Simon Bridges. Are you comfortable with how you're leading the party? That same morning, RNZ's Corin Dan didn't want to spend long in that space either, half-heartedly dropping this question in at the very end of his morning report interview. Uh, just very finally, um, there has been a bit of speculation this week coming out of the press gallery and elsewhere about your leadership. Are you comfortable with all the support you're being shown by your caucus? Yes, I am fully supported by the caucus. And after that, Judith Collins was asked about it all over again on the AM show by the same guy who called her dead woman walking just the day before. It is simply uh, a bit of mischief making. And uh, and you know that in the um, media, very good at that. You know, give Simon a break and Chris a break. But never mind giving Simon Bridges and Christopher Luxon a break. How about giving us a break? It may be true that MPs are plotting against Judith Collins, but until someone shows signs of putting up, it would be better for the media to shut down stories about the strategy and manoeuvres which fascinate political reporters and pundits so much, much more in fact, than the rest of us.